Welcome to Champagne Sunday. I'm Lauren. I'm Bonnie. I'm Beth. And we're going to talk about life after divorce. And living the best the life. Best life and the life you love. Yes, living the life you love on that other side. Cheers. 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 Welcome. So let's talk, let's talk about, I want to know, how did you feel after you finally got your house kind of purged and you put things in their places and you sort of made it a little bit yours? No. What is the, what is the payoff for doing that? Just so empowered to do the other things you want to do. You know what I mean? Like you have, I feel like you have this list. It's like a hierarchy of the things that can happen next. Mm -hmm. And my ADD brain doesn't schedule that very well. However, my ADD brain knows to procrastinate until the until the next thing absolutely has to happen. So that's generally how I function. Um, but yes, when everything was in its place, I was like, wow, I can sit down and do the research that I need to do. I can sit down and like I can look at the next production I need to do and really delve into this. I have the space and the, like, I don't have to worry about you know, where things go or what's in my house right now. I can just be at peace and sit down and do these things. And what it made me want is to be in my house more. Right. Which was huge for me because I'm a, I, for years, honestly, have been a runner from my home because I did not want to be there because of how it felt. I wanted to know, did you feel that too? Because I went through a phase, I loved my house. I painted every nook and cranny of my house. I decorated my house. I loved my stuff. I was in love with my range and in love with my bathtub. I did like that. I didn't like the feeling in my house while I was married and going through divorce. Yeah. And like you, as soon as he moved out, the first thing that I rearranged, cleaned out, repainted, completely overhauled was my bedroom. I needed a nest. I needed a place where a safe place or a comfortable place, a peaceful place that when my kids were out or in bed or whatever, at the end of the day, I had a place to just breathe and have peace after all that trauma. But I wondered when you did that and when you... got rid of things and rearranged things, didn't you feel like I have a place for myself? Yes. And now I can, I have a home base and now yes. that I can spread out, spread my wings and figure out at this age, at this time in my life, who I am, what I want to do, who I want to be with, what I want to explore and learn. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it kind of, op- like the walls kind of opened up and yes. I felt like, now I can be me and be very comfortable. So I don't know how telling this is. It might mean something, but I don't know yet. I've not said this out loud. I spent the first few months getting the other spaces in my house ready. Like the mm-hmm. like making sure the den and the dining room and like kids' bedroom, like all of that shifted around and in place. So that I guess so that like I could host and have people over if I wanted to. And I didn't deal with my personal space until two weeks ago. And then I got it all together. And now it's like 
my favorite place in my house to be. And that hasn't been the case in I couldn't tell you how long. But you also, so in my case it's different because I could not, I could not do any of those things until I moved out of the house that I had been married in. Right. Because that had been his parents' house. We had completely renovated it to be our house and then it wasn't our house. And so I was never really going to make that house mine. So I didn't spend the time on it. So I was not able to do that until I moved into this house. Mm-hmm. But I think in your case, it didn't matter what room you started in because your ex was there. Yeah. So every room yeah. you went through, you were purging it of married, yes. of married yeah. time and making it your time. Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So it didn't matter what room you went to. You were rearranging and yeah. changing into Just this like is a, now my space yes. without him. Yeah. And that's I think that that is huge. And I... I, I created this house I always felt like it was built in 1909 for me like this was my <laughs> house yeah. and then I went through as y'all y'all know a couple of years after I moved in here I met someone and really thought that I was going to move my life somewhere else and this house ceased to kind of be that safe place for me because yeah. I really felt like I had a foot out the door towards this person that I really wanted to spend my life with and so um, now that I have realized that that is never going to happen, that is not abs- that is not the way God intends my life to go. That I have pulled it back and put myself back in this home, and I have got started going through each room again, yeah, mm-hmm. and making it mine, and loving this house, and having this house love me again. And it has truly every room that I clean out, every drawer that I clean out, and make it, um, and it, it just it's almost like. Organizing my space, cleaning out my space, cleans out my brain. It cleans out my head. It makes it just makes everything better. So in in theater, we talk about, and I, you know, we talk about this in our houses being our safe space or like yeah. And I went to a conference last weekend where we talked about the classroom or like the theater space, like your rehearsal space being your brave space. Ooh. Oh, where, that's even a better where like you're that. safe, where the safe space is assumed, but the brave space is the space where you can, where you're allowed to to assume that the safe space is there for you to take the chance, for you to, you know, oh, venture yeah. out and right. risk it. And I like that term. Well, and that's I like kind of, it. That, brave that, space. Well, that's yeah, exactly how I felt. Yeah. When I did that, because then I thought, okay. I knew I had to get a job, and I hadn't worked in a while. I mean, I had my shop, but I had not worked in a while for somebody, and you know. And so, I felt like from that atmosphere that I recreated, and I felt like every time I painted a wall, every time I moved furniture, I was like, I don't know, it was like feng shui. Like, yeah. I was like, all the bad vibes and all the yeah. past... Bad memories. Oh, I bad desperately want out. to paint to the rooms of my house to just like get out, get it out of there. I want, I want our rector to come and sage the place. Well, you know, actually, I had a, you laugh, but I had a priest come and. No, that's a thing. Like, well, they need to do that. So I was, and you know, I love the way you say brave. So this relationship that did not happen, I was brave enough to fall for it and conceive of it and decide that I might want you in my kitchen. On the other side of my <laughs> island. I was like, yeah. wow, I had this person in my home and it just, I, I allowed it to just carry me away and I was brave in this house. So, I mean, I, I love that. Yeah. I was brave. I kind of think I was stupid now, but I was also very brave. But yeah. I don't think you can say stupid because anytime you open your heart to a possibility, 
That's true. I think it is brave. I don't think it's stupid. I think you were made to be loving. We all were yeah. made yeah. to be loving and be in a relationship. That's true. So I don't think love is ever a very. I think it's no. very no. I think I have a theory that every person that's come into my life has served a purpose. They've even taught me. They've taught me a lesson, good or bad, or they have shown me something about myself that I either needed to work on or that I did not recognize was brilliant or excellent or that I was good at. I think people serve as your mirrors as you walk through life and everybody that you meet has something to teach you if you're open to it. And you cannot be open if you're not being brave or if your heart's not open and your eyes aren't open to the possibility of having somebody else teach you something, love you, mm-hmm. and they might not love you in the way that you wanted or in the idea that you had that this relationship was going to go, but everybody has taught me something. I, I fell in love very easily with the first person that I went out with about a year and a half after my divorce, and I dated him for almost a year, and I was completely infatuated with him, but looking back on it, he was in my life to make me feel pretty, sexy, like Desirable. a woman again because my husband left me for somebody much younger and it really did something to my whole yeah. psyche, ego, whatever you want to call it. And that person came into my life at the perfect time and it was a painful lesson. Don't I mean, it, it took me a while to get over it. But that person woke up that little hey i am yeah all these things attractive <laughs> i am you know all those things yeah. that you tell yourself you're not when you're going through a divorce because yeah. it's a, a, a divorce is a negative experience yes. so you need all those positives yeah going forward and then you know i've had a couple other relationships that taught me a lot of other things what i want what i need to expect what i you know what i like doing and who i want to share my time with when I moved to this house, I was very careful who I let in my front door. You laugh about the sage, but I did do a whole thing with my house. No, I don't. And I do I, not, and I do I not think, let bad energy into my house now no. because I'm very protective of the negative. Side. I want to do the saging. I just oh, want, let's, I let's, want my house to be, oh, love my, my thing is I want my house to be just like I want it. And then I want it saged. Oh, I wonder yeah. if I could get the priest to come bless my house. You can. Yeah, you oh, totally they can. Came they they do that. They That's, do it. They're they, very happy to do it. They blessed it. my sister's new business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, so I need they, to get in they touch just with like my priest to see if they'll come and yes. bless yes. my house. Yeah. They will totally and do I that. And I have two sage bundles if you want. You can. do. Okay. <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can do a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we can have fun with it. <laughs> we can do it. You can go through Lauren's house and then come through my house. Bless the path between. I wear fun. I wear fun shoes. <laughs> I love it. Now I think it's very important when you like when I was going through a divorce. I never thought I would have a group like this. I never thought I would be happy or laugh like this or be silly again. You just get so mired down in the whole divorce process and the whole separation of all these things that you've accumulated that really don't mean anything on the other side but you know what I'm saying and I then do. you just I feel do. like you need to be light and happy again and yeah. you're so weighted down by the whole prospect of 
everything about divorce. My biggest thing was never because like my I've always had really positive, wonderful friend groups. Really good friend groups. Like if I if I like last weekend mm-hmm. I hung out with three of my best friends from college and it was it was like we never missed a beat and we just like had the best time. And I'm reminded that like throughout my life I've just had a, a wonderful support group of friends wherever I am. My relationships though have not been as wonderful. So right when yeah. when I was when I was letting go of my marriage, I was much less worried about like that aspect right. than like the um I don't know, just letting go of the thing that was making me so unhappy. Right. You know? But also it's that fear of not finding a partner again, but then you're like, wait, if this is the partnership I've agreed to, yes. this is not what I want. Yes. <laughs> so if that's what it is, then maybe the partnership is not in the future for me. I don't know, you know. I don't I, I, I think it's really I, I'm still in the midst of a lot of reconciling that. that yeah. That well, I, well I'm still in the midst of reconciling that. And I have Beth and I talked about it this doesn't on mean, my walk. It the doesn't other mean day. you don't have a love. I don't mean that necessarily. But like a a partnership. Well, see, and I don't know that I necessarily, I guess at this point in time, I'm like, okay, do I even want either? Or, and I think, I think in the reality I do, but at the same time, I look at this time in my life and I'm like, okay, I mean, I, I might, I probably still have a good 30 years. I hope. Yeah. You know, possibility is I still have a good 30 years yes. left in my life. At my least. grandmother married the second great love of her life. At 80 years old. Yeah. I mean, I know that there, I mean, that there are things, but, well, but I look at it and I think, okay, but at this time in my life, right this minute, I am not, I can't, I just, I'm not interested in dating and I'm, I'm just really not right this minute, but I, I look at it and think, okay, this is the time when I am not beholden to anybody else in my home. I can come home and I can work on my art. I can work on my writing with guilt-free. Yeah. These are the times I can, this is the time in my life that God has gifted me to explore who I am, to find those things that I love, to build the confidence I have in me, so that if, if he provides me this partner, that I will be, that I'll be the person that I need to be for them. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what I want is to be a or, partner. I want to be side like, by side with hand? somebody. Can I raise my hand? That you'll be the person that you need to be for you. Yes. To that invite, also. and that you're allowing another human into the person that you need to be for you you know that's that's like that list y'all remember the list i shared yeah yes 2019 i did the whole back to beth burns Uh yes because i felt like i had lost myself in 21 years of marriage to somebody that didn't even really now on this side of it i can say didn't even like me really didn't like same me same. me being an artist and being yep. he didn't like any of that no nope. and so you know first of all one hundred percent who do who am I what do I love getting back to those things that made me uniquely me yeah y'all and and, yeah. and trying to honor those things and I think Bonnie and I have kind of come to I, I'm probably farther out than y'all from divorce from the actual part of it. And now I realize I've dated a little bit, and I realize, you know, I am very particular. Yeah. And I do have some standards. Sometimes I've let them slip. But I have I have some standards, and there, I do have a potential 
partner in mind, and I do want a partner. I have not had that. I want somebody that accepts me as me, and I will accept them as who they are, and they like my quirkiness. Yes. They actually like yep. me and want to spend time with me, and I don't want to have to give that up, but I also yep. have a lot of love no. to give, but I do want to grow old with somebody I, and hold their hand. I am way more attracted to weird guys. <laughs> Oh, man, like, you might I, I can't. Yeah, like, can we do that times three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, anytime I've been on a date, I, I get freaked out if they're too normal. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't come, don't, no, don't come toward me. You're not for me, you know? Like, well, I, I, I just made think, me feel I've so. I've realized that, you know, I have hobbies. Yeah. So this person is going to have to be. Well, you know, and that's and I have yet to meet someone who's not judgmental of me. Someone mm-hmm. who, so I, you know, I um, I just haven't dated anyone as of yet that really accepts me for who I am and all that comes with me. But I look, up, so I found this letter. <gasps> I'm so sorry, listeners. We had a party foul. There's there's a bit of a prosecco on the floor. Um, I found this letter that I wrote to my ex-husband while we were dating, and it talks about how much I really want to be an artist and a writer. We'd only been dating four months. An artist and a writer. And I was talking to him about this and how I just knew he would support me in this, which he did not. But that sort of thing. But just that sort of thing, to know that I wanted that way back then, and that's still what I want now, and and I have not yet accomplished it. That it was so. But you're working on. It. Yeah, but it, but to me it was like wow to re- to realize that I wanted this back in 1994, three, 1993. These were these are the same thing. These are my same dreams. Like these were dreams in '93. It's almost like I had convinced myself that these weren't actually dreams of mine. That I just but, made them up, and I'm just going for it now. But no, in '93 these were goals that I had. And then marriage, and then kids, and then now I'm at a point where I can look and go, wait, those were my goals. Yeah. I, I just, it's yeah. like, I, I just... But if the person doesn't fall in love with that part of you, they're not yeah. really falling in love with no. you. No. So, they need to be able to accept my upbringing, my friends, yeah. my life, my standards. I mean, yeah. all of those things. And they we, need, And they need to be okay with the fact that I will, with who I am, if I accept that them. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know. And I, I feel like I was in a relationship for years with a human who was an artist, technically, and wasn't practicing their art, but wasn't in love with the artist part of me, or didn't understand the art, or no, I'm sorry. I think that person was infatuated with the artist part of me, but didn't love the artist part of me. Does that or, make sense? No, I think he was in love with the artist part of you, but it didn't fit into the practical into the, into daily. Into the like, practical daily. Because the artist part of me is not the practical daily. Like, that's well, not that's who that's not me either. And who okay, I okay but wait. Which one of the three of us has a practical daily? No, oh, no, 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 no. You do. No. <laughs> because you cook really. dinner. I don't. Mine is... Well, because I, I love to cook. <laughs> okay. But see, that's I don't think part, any one of us has a practical daily. My daily is different every day. And that's mm-hmm. artistic outlook for me, too. Cooking. Creating meals. Okay, yeah. That's sort of in my art thing, too. Well, I, hey, I did cook dinner three times this week. Oh, I know, y'all. Love, love, love. But yeah, I'm, it's still not my favorite. Well, I, I, but it I, was good. We ate it I all. I hold out hope that I'm there good will at be it. somebody I just don't that recognizes I'm a little quirky. 
I'm a little much. All those things that people told me growing up, I'm a little loud. I love to laugh. My children say I have a hyena laugh. I, but I think there is somebody out there that will appreciate that. I do too. I hold out hope. Well, and I, and I would hope that there's somebody out there who will appreciate all of my quirkiness and all of my weirdness and and just be okay with that. Well, my biggest thing with dating people is, I, you know, I'm not 30. I don't want to act 30. I don't want to dress 30. If you don't like me at this age, then you need yeah. to move along and not well, waste not waste my time. Yeah. Well, that yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not in an age where I can physically have children anymore. I need so I need someone who is going to be okay with that. I'm you on know. the cusp. <laughs> you know, you right there, baby. That's you can have, on the cusp. You can have ten more kids. <laughs> hey, no, that's not funny, Bonnie. Had, hey, that's not even vaguely had, funny. How dare you? I had my surprise. At <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> and she's Any mistakes or surprises at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of like, dude, I got four more viable years probably. Yeah. Well, but that's, but but I'm okay with that. I am great with the fact that I have my three children here on earth and that's, that's what I have. Um, and, and then to move forward. So I should someone who can accept that too. I've, you know, it took me a long time because I wanted children for so long. To realize that I was only going to have two, because I really would have liked to have a full oh, baseball wow. or basketball team. No, but <laughs> seriously, oh, yeah. wow, no, that's I mean, that's you're going to be a good Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> what a good Catholic! I already have that T-shirt, Bonnie, but thanks. No, I, I love. <laughs> I love my I love my little oneling. I love yeah. him, my oneling. Yes. But if. At this moment in my life, it would take the absolute love of my life going, I need a child for me to be willing to do that again. And I would only have one. I'd be like, my, I'm, I'm willing to give my body up for one child. <laughs> that is it. But I, I don't think I could do more than that at this point. I mean, like. I look back on my life and I think with the right partner. I probably could have had oh, yeah. several more kids. Well, no, but okay. it would have had to have been the right partner. Right. If if my oh, partner I think that's key. If yeah. my partner hadn't had an affair, I absolutely would have more than one child right now. Well, I if my no partner family. hadn't had an yes. affair, you know, if my partner hadn't had an, hadn't been an alcoholic, I'm confident <laughs> I'd have had four children and I not can, three. I can <laughs> I can put that on that one too. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying. I, dibs on that I mean, one. I just you know, it was it was not long. It was probably about when my daughter was two, when our youngest was two, was when he really started going downhill with his alcoholism. So I really, you know, if if that had not, if we had not been dealing with that, I think I would have just been a whole lot less cautious, and we would have ended up with at least one more or two more children. But yeah, I'm happy with my two. They're nine years apart. And who knew having a boy and a girl nine years apart that they would actually be close. But they are. And I'm going to venture to say they are more close because of the divorce. Yeah. No, that Mm -hmm. makes sense. My oldest wanted this divorce since he was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. He knew something was not right when he came up to me and said, how much of this is in your name? And I said, "Uh, that would be a big fat zero. And he said, mom. You need a divorce. And I thought, okay, I knew that 
little spark in the back of my brain. <laughs> but I had not been bold enough to say that, push it forward. Yeah. And to I have your kids say that good. to you. And to have him say that, that, and then the other soul-crushing thing he said, we were going to a baseball game, and he was playing, and I was coaching. And he said, is Dad coming to the baseball game? And I said, well, he's busy. You know, I usual smooth yeah. the edges. Right. Thing. And he said, my dad is not dependable. And I was like, it like sucked the breath out yeah. of me. And I was trying to drive and not be reactive and at that point, I thought, you know what? Yeah. The the thing is... This is not going in the direction... This is yeah. not the dream. This has a crack in it. This is not good. Yeah. Not It is not all well here. And we need to work on this. Their realizations on their own are the worst. Oh, I mean, it, it, it can be like the, okay, now you see this too, but also like... I don't want you to see this baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. I well, wish you didn't. Well, we try to protect them. And yeah. I, you well, know, you and did. I spent, I spent years protecting my kids from what was going on. And that helped and hurt. It I is. can say it did both. There was a point in time where my oldest begged me to get a divorce from his dad. But I, I think it had a lot, and, and, and he was definitely right in what he was saying but at the same time he was throwing it at me from some turmoil he was going right through at the same time and I wasn't ready I wasn't ready yes. to give up on a marriage that I had spent so many years Come and in. I, so much Come time in. but not just if and, and that's something I mean we do not need it that's something we have to all be willing to give up yeah. yeah. Just because we have put time in yeah. does not mean it's worth to continue to put time right. in. And yeah. that is so, when you've made this commitment before God, it, it just becomes this huge, I don't have a choice. I really need to make this work. It, anyway, but commitment but is two, by definition, is two people. And if only one person is actually committed, it's really hard to fathom because that person... That went to the altar and said, I do, and had all these hopes and dreams. It's really hard to... It's hard to forget yeah. that person that you married put that because person, they changed. Yeah, they put that change. person in their place and say, this is not working and this is not what's best yeah. for me or my kids. And you get to that point. You do. You get to the point where you have to decide. Do I want to continue this, I guess, quote unquote, for the sake of the kids... Or am I going to save myself, and in saving myself, I save my kids? But in saving yourself, you're saving yourself. I mean, like, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's what it got down to to me. Yeah. Because for ages, because the three of us know that my ex-partner cheated on me twice that I know of. That I know of. All right. So, the first, I mean, the first go-round, you're just like... Oh, just let me fix it. Let's let me fix it. Then the second go around, it's like, all right, I don't necessarily need to fix this for me, but I have a kid. Right. I've got a kid. And then you're just like, at what point do I go, I need to save myself. Right. I've got to save myself because I'm going to drown in this if I don't save myself. And that's not good for anybody involved. Right. And, you know, putting your kid up there, that's great to say, oh, I'm going to do this for the kid. But, like, that's not doing justice 
Like, what life are you living at right. that point? But I and feel like a lot of women do that. Yes. I feel like oh that my is God. a very common thing. You I, stay in. Yes. You, want, a, you, you don't know about the finances. You I, have fear. And you want your kids you know, to have not a, quote, unquote, broken home. I have you thought all the time, how many women do I know that are in the exact situation that I was in they don't do anything about it? Right. And I just got to the point that there was no other choice for me. But they've just gotten... Or other women, maybe, have gotten, um, or not to the point, but like, they just don't see a way out or right. see how oh, it could no, no, be no. differently. Well, that's, okay, and I, I was there. I chose to stay in what I knew because I knew how to manage that situation. Mm-hmm. And my choice was, and granted, I was dealing with an alcoholic. I could keep my children safe because I knew when he was drinking and I could control who drove them wherever. If we divorced, he would be able to drive. He would have yeah. control of them. I wouldn't have control of that. Like, how was I going to manage that? And also, I also felt that divorcing meant I was, because I'd made this commitment to this man, through by you know, and I could keep going back to, I made this commitment before God, but I did. If I divorced this man... I might be dooming myself to a life alone. And is that really what I wanted? Because the, what is it they always say? The chaos and the absolute devastation of what you know is sometimes feels safer in the unknown. And I kept myself stuck in that devastation of what I knew for much longer than I needed to because I was so terrified of the unknown. I stayed 10 years longer. I stayed now, 10 years longer. Now, looking back, I stayed 10 years longer than I needed to. Me too. And had I been, I will give myself a little grace because I had just had a baby. Yeah. And I yes. had a C-section yeah, no at 42. Way. I physically couldn't do the things that I needed to do to move forward. And I think um, a lot of women find themselves in that. You have to make a huge decision Um Financially, you have to make a huge yeah. decision. Um, I mean, socially for some people, financial may be the biggest break you. thing. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think also then you have to figure out how am I going to actually navigate this? Yeah, like what is it going to look like? What is it really going to look like in, in my situation? And everyone's situation is unique. My husband had that I know of one affair partner. When I had this, I like to say I had a baby, he had a girlfriend. Um, (laughs) So, but I think he had been leaning that way for a long time. He had an emotional affair with somebody before that. I think I spoke to that about a class read. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I remember that conversation. You know, he had laid down sort of this path that he was on that I chose, and I did, I chose to ignore it because that's not what my vision of this marriage was going to be, and that's not what I wanted my children to experience. And, and it then, wasn't the definition of marriage, period. It wasn't. It wasn't. Because, you know, we talk about a partnership, but if you're me and you're doing 110% and making excuses to your children why, you know, their father's not here or he's not doing this or he's not, that's really a sham. Like, I look back and it it's, makes me ashamed in a sense, that I that I perpetrated that sham for 10 years. Yeah. And I use that term loosely because I do know that I did the work, but I just was not ready 
to say that he was not going to have a relationship with this little baby that I just had. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart to yeah. think that she would not have a relationship yeah. with her father. So that that's the reason I didn't leave my husband the first time he had an affair because I had had my baby was just less than a year old, just mm-hmm. out of a year, and I just wasn't ready for it. So I was going to do everything to fix it. Right. The second time around. I should have, I I wish that I had had better just clarity then, but it took me three years to get the clarity that I needed. Well, and, and my didn't. thing that I struggle with is giving myself grace. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's about it. that because, but, but you, you know, you really, I hate the term, you do the best that you can, but at you, the time with but the information you, feel like you have, you've but wasted really time. that's what you do. You feel like you've wasted Oh, I feel time. like not just yeah. time. I feel like I wasted my youth. You're not there yet, Lauren, because you're younger, but from 42 to 58, there's a huge difference in your energy, in your uh, body, in your looks, in your skin tone, in your hair, in everything that makes you a woman, there is a huge shift in those years. And I would venture to say even like 35 to 55. You look at girls at 35 and you look at girls at 55, there's a huge difference in how you feel about yourself, how attractive you feel, how your body your body shifts. Let me just tell you, and it's not a it's not a pretty sight. Anyway, you just I feel like I spend more time battling aging than I do at anything else in my life, and I don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not one of those girls that goes and has plastic surgery or anything. I mean, you can go to an extreme, but I just feel like. To feel good about yourself, it's really hard to feel good about yourself if you're an older girl going through divorce. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I probably mentally and emotionally and on an energy level, I would have done better had I left earlier mm-hmm. in my marriage. But, you know, I was not ready. So. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, I think you, as well as I, I mean, part of the reason I stayed for 10 years longer than I necessarily, like I look back and think I should have, when I wanted to divorce him, I should, I should have done it then, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. I mean, even God gave him a heart attack. So he would say, okay, we're not ready yet. You know, mm-hmm. all of that. But I can look back and I, my whole thing was I wanted my kids to look back on my marriage and say, she did everything she could because my husband was sick. My husband had was alcoholic, and I knew it was a mental disease, and I knew I was battling something I really couldn't battle. And I always thought it would be a whole lot easier if it had been another woman. I could have left for another woman. I will never share a man with another woman. Like, that is just not who I, like I can see. It is a whole lot easier when a man has chosen another woman over me to walk away and be like, I am so done yeah. with you. Yes. I'm over it's it. It's really yeah. not as easy as you think. Well, right. Well, <laughs> yes and I'm no. But, it, but, but to battle a bottle that changes their mental so I was like I know that he's sick and so I stayed and stayed and stayed and I fought and fought and fought because in the end I wanted to alleviate any guilt I might have in the end okay I had that exact thing because you know mine also had addictive personality and has I mean he didn't just have an affair he did everything so I had that same feeling this is what I thought and I, I shared this with a couple of my friends then. I did not want my children to remember that period as ugly or 
my mother didn't handle the, I said, I want to handle this like Grace Kelly. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. that was in my brain. I want to float above the, mess, <laughs> the scum, the crap that was happening in my marriage. And I wanted to be a loving and kind person throughout so that when my children remembered me during that period, they didn't say, my mother, like, lost it, lost her mind, or did something horrible that couldn't be taken back, or said something horrible that couldn't be taken back. I firmly feel that children do better, and it's very hard, it's easy to say, it's very hard to do, if the people in the divorce, the parents, can do it in a way that does not demean the other parent and does also, children take take things very personally. Yeah. Most children think that the divorce is their fault, even though they have no idea what has gone on in the relationship because you don't view your parents as people that are people. You don't right. even realize, I mean, you don't look at your parents as humans. Yeah. As human sexual beings. You right. don't think, oh, my dad was having an affair. And you don't want your children to think right. that. You want them to stay in their childhood yes. and have as long as nice they can. <laughs> thoughts about their parent and their home life as long as they can. And I did not want to muddy the waters. I did not want to be the person that said, your dad did this. I did not say anything to my children until they came to me and said, we know this or we we have seen this, or I think I told you about the coffee shop experience when I went in and the other woman was in there and my son was with me. And it was so awkward. We got out to the car and he said, that was weird. And I said, what are you talking about? Because I was trying to, you know, smooth it over, smooth the edges. And he said, is that the woman that my dad sends flowers to? And I was blown out of the water. They see things. They might not put the dots together, yeah. But they see things, they hear things, they listen to conversations on the phone. They know, but they don't know. Right. And so I didn't want to be the person to say all the ugly stuff to them. My theory in life is if you give somebody enough rope, they're going to hang themselves. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be ugly. You don't have to get in it with them. You just have to be you. And I always try to just be... Yeah, they're nice show about it, and and they do. People figure it out. Well, that's and then I have a little bit of an opposite story, and that when I waffled when my ex and I were going through the divorce, I had this moment of what am I doing? I think I want to still be married. We really can work this out. And all three of my children came to me and said, "No, please get divorced. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is not what you want. This is not what we want. We love it this way. Everything is so much more peaceful. Please stop this. This is crazy talk." Just move forward. Okay. I was like, you want yeah. your family yeah. together? They were like, no, we really yeah. don't. Well, you know, my <laughs> oldest was always like that. Like, yeah. you need this to happen and you need to safeguard yourself. Yeah. And he's much wiser, you know, than his years. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a slap in the face to me. Like, I thought I was really good at hiding it and smoothing the yeah. edges. And no. kids are very intuitive. Yes. And they figure it out. You and they, don't have to tell them anything. And they hear things whether you think they're going to or not. Well, and they might not put it together yeah. at the time, but they do put it together. Yeah. Because when he said that about the flowers, I was like, oh. Oh, great. 
So, I, I don't know. I just think I, I tried to behave in a way that my children would be proud of me for behaving that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It, it's a very fine line that you walk because you don't feel like that on the inside. No. But I didn't want to be one of those shrewd kind of moms. Right. That, and I didn't want to have a whole lot of chaos in my house. No. There was an undercurrent, but it was not, we never even fought. Well, the chaos from in your house is what you're trying to get rid of. <laughs> right. And I just wanted peace. Yes, yes. My whole thing moving forward was I need peace in my house. You've always I said need to be able to breathe. everything I spent on my divorce was my peace tax. Exactly. <laughs> yes, peace tax. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so let's let's finish up with what have you done or will you do this week to create a life that you love? Well, I got to go to work and memorize lines this week. <laughs> that is not creating a life you love. That but is an that obligation. Is, that's feed, but that's feeding her theater. It's, it, it is. It is feeding my creativity. Um, is there anything you can say that you're looking forward to that's just sort of peace it's just for you to help no. you kind of get through all of that yeah my time with my child and my boyfriend will be that this week like That's i right. have to do so much work this week but like they'll be my they'll be, they'll be my fun time this week little yeah. beacons yes all right what about you i'm not traveling the first part of the week so Woo-hoo. i am painting yay <laughs> i'm excited about it and then um i'm gonna finish finish up my needlepoint i'm putting more and i'm Y'all can laugh at me, but I'm trying to do eight hours of sleep. I'm trying to prioritize my rest. No, that's amazing. No, that's big. That is I would love to think, be able to do that. I think I will get over this yeah. congestion yeah. that yeah. I have. And I think that I will feel better Yes. if I can do that. Yes. That's just part of my get I, healthy thing. I might life. jump on that with you. What time does that mean you're going to sleep? Well, I'm probably over it right now. Like 10? Yeah, 10 to 6. But I try to get up at 5. I'm trying to do the 5 a.m. club. So. Oh, I will never. I would like I to do the so 6 a.m. club. I'd be thrilled with that. Well, Remember I am when the we 6 used to run? Remember we used to get up like early, early <laughs> in the morning to go run? And I was like, what? Who? What? I think who am I pretending to be That right is when now? I first met you. This is not was me. Was we met at Delano no, running. I'm a night person. I'm far more willing to go run right now. <laughs> I would go run right now. <laughs> If you wanted me to. And what time is it? Oh, I have no idea. It is 9. It's only 9.30, yeah. guys. I'll go right now if you want. I'll well, do three miles. I will walk three miles with you this my, second my if alarm, you ask me to. My alarm went but off not at ago. 5. I heard it. Your little ding. If y'all so listen like, back and hear, you'll hear the ding for her to go to sleep. I've set my little alarm to remind me at 8.30. Make your way to the bathtub. <laughs> This Make is, your way to this that, is the man. moment. This Go. is will be Go. resting. will <laughs> be bright eyed and bushy tail so in the morning. <laughs> oh, how funny. So, but I, you know, I'm expected to be at my desk by at least seven thirty, right? Now I have some people that text me and email me at six thirty, but we ignore no, this until seven thirty, right? My, my classes this semester don't start till eleven. Oh my! But God. I, but I have class. I mean, I have rehearsals till later. It's far more. It's just. More manageable for right. a theater human. Right. Like, we're just night. We're for night artistic people. Human. Right. Yes, we're mean. night people. Yes. We like... Well, I could stay up we, all night and paint, but then I would be yeah. trash for my actual job that pays me. Yeah. It pays me. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning. So. Well, I'm going to continue cleaning out my house because we have tomorrow off for MLA. Yeah, I got to put my Christmas tree up. Yes. 
Oh yeah. Well, and I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't put all of our Christmas in the attic. I'm just trying. Like I've gotten my downstairs, I think, fairly organized your, your and cleaned house looks out. Fabulous. But I'm, I need to do the same upstairs. Yeah. So that is kind of my thing, and I'm going to write this week. Well, I have, you're inspiring me. Yes. Well, I have, and I have some, I have some really some great ideas for this book that I have had in my head for a long time, and I've gotten some little bits and pieces, but. Um, events of the past couple of months have had me sort of morph and change. It's inspiration to change sort of the beginning of it. So I think I'm going to work oh, on I'm that. Oh, I'm definitely going to start yeah. writing my daily over 50 books. <laughs> yes, you I've already pages and pages down. Now, mine is a 1920s book, but I have had some inspiration in the past couple of months on how I, had, I can start it. I had an idea for a book title called Notes to Myself. <gasps> oh, I love that. And I don't have anything else but the title. <laughs> But so I now you need to create a little thing I'm on your just, phone that says notes just, to myself and yes, start adding to it. I think it. I'm just going like, to start writing notes to myself. I love well, it. Well, I think each dating experience is going to be a chapter. So that when I see them yeah. later in life, and it's a huge success, and I don't know, Sandra Bullock is pay, playing me in the movie, then I'll say, that was chapter, oh, that was chapter okay, seven. Can we just like, that was hold, chapter three. Can we hold the phone for a second? <laughs> Sandra Bullock is, what's, what who... That would be who would play you in a movie. Yeah, I think, I think so, so too. Well, she's a physical comedian, and can you not see me doing that Mustang no, Sally and falling on my face? Y'all have similar <laughs> features. I can see. You're very lucky I did not that snort that, that is champagne so out my nose. That is so me, though. <laughs> you can dress me up, and I'm still going to trip and fall on my face, and, and get back up and go, "Hey, that's she." She's a good doppelganger for you, though, like movie. But wise. I think that'd be fun because then. You know, I can picture us all out eating at a fabulous award yes. show because the movie did so well. And then, you know, somebody coming up and go, chapter five. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. Well, that's, well, speaking of, I hope we are both inspired to write because we do have the writers' conference coming up. We do. And we have so to have something to show before we go. Wait, did you, yes, did you in find Asheville. a spot? She yes, I booked us somewhere. Place. Okay, where is it? I don't know. Okay, but it's gonna be good. It's like a bed and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's like a. Okay. It's, it's not in the Biltmore area. It's Biltmore not Grove place. Park. I've done that a thousand times. It's not the Biltmore, so, and it's not. But it's gonna be a great writers' conference. We're gonna have a great okay. Day, which I love. You know, Zelda Fitzgerald died in a fire in Asheville, North Carolina, at a sanatorium there. Yes. Ooh, we need to go. Can we go? <gasps> we need to do ghost hunting. It's yes. still there. Yes. The place the sanatorium is still, is still there? Yeah. We need to go make play, pay homage. Oh, no. We need to go homage. commune because you know she is my little soul sister. I love Because she's married to my Fitcher. literary boyfriend. Yes. No, <laughs> Scott. Yeah, Scott. And I, <laughs> if I was going to be married to an alcoholic, he is the one I yeah, would choose. Yeah, he's the one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Husband had been a little more literary. I could have had a little. But no, he is he is my alcoholic husband, literary husband. So anyway, all right. So okay. shall we clink? All right. We cheers. Shall. Cheers. 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 Week. cheers yes. Let's make it count, girls. So yeah. Let's do. Thank y'all for joining us for Champagne Sunday. See you next week, girls. See you next week. Yeah. Cheers. Have a good week. Cheers. Yeah. cheers. <laughs>